So as we're talking about this uh, workers' rights amendment, uh, or amendment one, whatever you want to call it, uh, as, as uh, we approach the top of the ballot, uh, it will be on the top of the ballot here uh, on, on, uh, on your November ballot. Uh, there's going to be some big money spent for and against. Dick Uline has has already come in uh, for a million bucks uh, opposed to uh, the amendment, and uh, supporters got a, a million bucks yesterday. So, so we're uh, we're likely going to see some big money and some big TV ads uh, for for this for this uh, workers' rights amendment, uh, as it's uh, you know as supporters are calling it. You know, the, the question I think it, that that's maybe the most important thing here is what's the point? Um, you know, I and I, I respect Tim Dre a lot. I, I like Tim Dre a lot. I've known him uh, for, for a few years. And, and you know, we're, we're always going to have a good conversation, even if we don't always agree on some things. But, you know, the the idea that that workers in Illinois uh, are are somehow at risk if we don't put this into the constitution seems a little bit, um, of a stretch to me, uh, though, though I, I'm, you know, obviously open to their side and, and I'm, I'm interested in the, uh, the other side here because they've, uh, they've kind of thrown some hyperbole out there too, in terms of, you know, union takeovers of government and those sort of things. So I'm interested in, 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 uh, uh, talking to Miley Smith here in just a couple of moments, uh, from the Illinois policy Institute, you know, the, uh, essentially what, what, uh, supporters are saying is it's safer workplaces and better pay. Um, you know, it's, so it's it's uh, it it really comes down to I, I guess one what specifically does it do, and and two what does it actually change in the law, and and I guess I don't really I I don't know that we have a clear answer on that. Uh, so so we had the the side for the amendment uh, before the news. Now we bring in the side opposed to the. Uh, amendment one or the workers rights amendment uh, miley smith is the director of uh, labor policy at the illinois policy institute miley i'll start with the same question I, I started with tim dre what is this uh, amendment and what does it do yeah thanks for having me so amendment one is being framed as a workers rights amendment but it is actually an amendment that can only apply to government unions and it's going to drive up taxes and cement Illinois' reputation as one of the worst places in the nation to do business. And here's how that works. It, it doesn't just grant a right to collective bargaining. It grants a fundamental right on par with speech and religion. And it expands collective bargaining. I, I know that this is being framed as something that's just going to protect those rights that workers already have. And that's not true. It expands collective bargaining beyond wages and benefits, those things that we typically think about when it comes to bargaining, is to include broad new subjects that have never been considered before in any, any law or the National Labor Relations Act. Um, and then it prohibits lawmakers from ever changing that or clarifying it. It removes the power of the people, the lawmakers, to clarify what this amendment does or doesn't do. And here's what this all boils down to. Government unions are going to have an ability to, 
to negotiate over virtually anything under these expanded bargaining subjects. And they can go on strike permanently. They, can, they have this permanent right to go on strike to get those demands met. And it's going to be expensive. It will drive up the cost. Those provisions will be expensive. It'll drive up the cost of those contracts. It's going to drive up the cost of government. And that is going to be passed on to the taxpayers in, in the form of taxes um, and fees and other things we've already seen our taxes going up in the last um, administration. So we know that Illinois is a tax-heavy state, and we can only expect more under Amendment 1. All right, lots to unpack there. So, so let me start yeah. with your your statement that this is only government unions. I've got the I've got the language in front of me. Employees shall have the fundamental right to organize and to bargain collectively through representation of their own choosing for the purpose of negotiating wages, hours, working conditions, and to protect their economic welfare and safety at work. Uh, that that there is no line in here that this is only government employees. There is no expectation here that. Uh, that this is only, you know, a, a teacher's union or an ASME or, or sure. something like that. Why would, why doesn't this imply to Amazon workers or McDonald's yeah. workers or, or trade unions? So this is what makes this amendment as written so misleading. The government, the federal government already regulates unionization and those relationships in the private sector under the National Labor Relations Act and other federal laws. So when the federal government occupies a space, a state cannot come in and also try to occupy that state. It's, that space. It's actually unconstitutional under the supremacy clause of, our, of the uh, U.S. federal constitution. So because the federal government already occupies this space, Illinois cannot do it with Amendment 1. It cannot apply to private sector workers. But it's being framed as applying to all workers so that people think, oh, well, this sounds, you know, it sounds very innocuous that, oh, well, workers, right, that sounds good. It applies to me. It does not. It only applies to legally to state and local government workers who are represented by unions like AFSCME and the teachers unions, like you mentioned. Do, do, does, do the supporters or, or lawmakers, have they conceded that issue? Because I have not heard that. Actually, yes. And proponents disagree on how this amendment works. So um, Senator Villavallum, who is the, he was the main sponsor of this bill um, when it was before the General Assembly, before it was passed to be on the ballot, he actually stated that this applies to public sector unions. He clarified that. Um, but then we have proponents and their commercials saying it applies to all workers. It can't. This is a trick. This is a, a fraud on the voters, if you will, because it is making them think that it can apply to all. That's what the words say. But what we will have later is courts saying, oh, this can't apply to the private sector because the federal government already occupies that space. Sorry, Illinois, you can't do that. That's unconstitutional. Well, but we had Tim Dre on just a few minutes ago from from the AFL-CIO. Right. And, and he, he essentially said that this applies to anyone who goes to work. So is yeah, he lying? And he's wrong. <laughs> and what, what we will see is that they try to do so. There will be litigation and there will be courts saying this is already occupied. The federal government already occupies this space. Um, they are protected. And, and, you know, that's what the, we need to emphasize. Both state 
and local workers and private sector workers are already thoroughly covered by state and national laws. The National Labor Relations Act protects private sector workers. They have a right to collective bargaining. They have a right to unionize. They have a right to go on strike within certain factors. Same thing with our state and local government workers. In fact, we have some of the, the most robust or extreme, if you will, um, coverage of workers' rights of any other state. Um, we allow them to bargain over wages and hours and terms and conditions of employment. They have a right to do that. They have a right to go on strike. Um, no other state in our area, like none of our neighboring states, allow teachers to go on strike. We allow teachers here to go on strike. So we have some very broad protections already in place for state and local workers. Private sector workers are already covered by the National Labor Relations Act. None of that goes away if Amendment 1 doesn't pass. Um, all Amendment 1 really does is hand more power over to government union leaders to negotiate these expanded subjects. Um, and I think Chicago Teachers Union is a perfect example. We've seen them try to negotiate things like housing allowances, defunding the police, these subjects that they really shouldn't be able to negotiate. They've tried. Amendment 1 creates this area, this great area of space where they can try to do that and potentially make these demands that are beyond typical negotiating um, and have a right to do so. So this is not something that protects workers. It, it really harms more people than it will ever protect. Another minute or two with Miley Smith of the uh, Illinois Policy Institute in opposition to to Amendment 1. We had Tim Dre before the news uh, in support of Amendment 1. You you mentioned that that you know, as this applies to public sector unions, that it will raise property taxes, that it will give them more power. Again, as I as I read the language that they they already have the the rights to bargain over wages, hours, conditions of employment, workplace safety, you know, laws that that prohibit execution or, or, or application of agreements. They're, they're, most of this stuff already exists in, in the public sector. So what supporters are saying is that all we want to do is stop the whims of politicians, whether it's the Bruce Rauners of the world or or someone else, that, that can come in and change this. We want to codify this in the Constitution. Why would it make things worse in your mind? So it goes beyond those typical rights. Like you mentioned, wages, hours, terms and conditions of employment. That's already in our law. You're but right. it's all plain. It's this all plainly written more. in the language. But it adds more. It adds economic, welfare, and safety at work. Those are not defined in any law. No state constitution has those terms. The National Labor Relations Act doesn't have those terms. There isn't case law that defines what that means. Economic welfare is incredibly broad. It could mean things that are typically reserved to employers to determine, like labor-saving techniques. So if the state wanted IDOT to institute something that's going to save some sort of, you know, a labor-saving technique, they would now have to negotiate over that because that would affect economic welfare if it were to remove a couple of jobs. Um, so there are things that the state will not be able to do, local governments will not be able to do without negotiating, and that broadens those subjects. There are more things to negotiate now. The more things there are to negotiate, the more likelihood there is for them to go on strike, and they use those strike powers to get what they want. 
these government contracts with all of these expanded subjects, it's not just wages and benefits like we think about. This is broad new areas that are undefined. We, it's hard even to imagine what they might bring under the scope of economic welfare, like housing allowances. Things aren't typically negotiated. These are now going to become part of government contracts that are funded by the taxpayers. Where is that money going to come from to fund these broad new subjects? It's going to come from the taxpayers. They're going to have to pay more for these new expensive government contract provisions. All right, Miley, before I let you go, I'll give you the same last word as I gave to Tim. What's the bottom line here? The bottom line is that this is a union, a government union power grab. They are going to have more power than the people of Illinois. This hamstrings lawmakers as the people's representatives. It actually prohibits them. That is specific in the language. They are prohibited from passing any laws that interfere with, negate, or diminish um, these broad new collective bargaining rights. That places all the power in the hands of government union leaders. And if people don't want their taxes to go up even more than they are now, that is something they need to consider. This amendment will drive up taxes because it will make government more expensive to operate. Miley Smith, the uh, Director of Labor Policy for the Illinois Policy Institute. Uh, Miley, thanks so much for your time this morning. Thank you. Your dependable five-day forecast for today, sunny with a high near 84, partly cloudy tonight, low around 62, mostly sunny Friday, high 86, Saturday sunny, 87, Sunday sunny, 89, Monday 90, Tuesday 91, Wednesday 91, it's going to get warm again, it's 55 right now at 752.